Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the Cinematch podcast, the podcast where we take different movies every week and debate slash rate them. I didn't do the new uh, intro today because you know what I, I saw? Do you know I told you that I heard that bus driver say it a few years ago and I just thought it was really inventive. Did you see the bus driver being arrested or something? No, I saw on Twitter today. It's actually a Taylor Swift thing. Oh, okay. So it's not that inventive. It's just something that one of the biggest singers in the entire world does apparently and I only found that out today, so... I'll leave it for her. Don't, don't want to step on her turf. No, we don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to encroach on her uh, monetary gain. No, not at all. So no, I'll leave it for monetary gain. <laughs> no, yeah, um, but yeah, already off track already. But we'll quickly get back on. Well, yeah, yeah welcome back, guys, uh, to another episode of the Cinematics Podcast. My name is Cal, and I am one of your hosts. And joining me as he does every week is Mister Nathan Sackle Hannah. And how are you, sir? Full from your pancakes? I'm very full for my pancakes, although it's Thursday today. And that uh, means yeah. you ate a lot if you're still full two days later. <laughs> no, I get nuts with pancakes, like ice cream on them, fucking sweet sort of chocolate on them, fucking the lot. Ice I wrap, cream. wrap them into little burritos rather than eat them flat. <laughs> wrap, put it all in the middle, wrap it all up like a burrito, pancake burrito, banging. That does sound good, that does sound good. I'm quite boring, I'm like maple syrup, sugar. <laughs> no, no, it's very sickly, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you get the do you get like the thick pancakes or just do you get like the ones that are like that? Uh from with Grace, we've got to do the thick pancakes. She likes the American style, but with and with literally anybody else, it's the classic thin style. Yeah. I'll I mean I'll take any. I'm fucking not fussy when it comes to pancakes. I'll eat any. Uh but yeah, how are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm not too bad. Back at uh, uni. Busy week. I went to London, which very exciting. Oh, you did for work, didn't you? Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, I felt like a real journalist going down there and like doing all the meetings and like the office and stuff. It was like what you see in the movies. Did you have a lanyard with your uh, staff badge on? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Much more laid back than that. It's, it's funny though because I went in just jeans and a hoodie because um, I just thought it'd be quite casual, and it was. But another lad went for the first time, and one of his friends who already works there told him that everyone wore suits. So this one lad showed up in a full suit and tie which i thought was fucking brilliant Um, i would imagine you'd walk around like purposely dressed like clark kent trying to emulate clark kent i would but at the same time i can't fucking stand wearing suits (laughs) jeans was bad enough like wearing jeans for like 12 hours i was like i hate this i could have shown up in shorts i would have done but i think that might have been too casual uh next time yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, we've got another rom-com episode as we are halfway through Valentine's month now. We've actually passed Valentine's Day. Um, we're, we've done two weeks. We've covered the quintessential rom-coms in You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle. We've covered the rather unorthodox sex comedies in the 40-year-old virgin and knocked up. And this week we're going pure 90s rom-coms, the teen Teen stuff. We're going teen rom-coms. One of my favourite genres, and we're doing 10 Things I Hate About You against She's All That. Um, Two, it's again, the quite similar rom-coms because it's essentially, they've got a very similar premise where guy takes girl out, but he's got ulterior motives um, and it all kicks off when she finds out. So they're quite a similar one. It's 10 Things I Hate About You stars. You do, you do know why they're similar, though, don't you? 
Yeah, because they're both based on Shakespeare, I think. That's the thing as well. I saw that earlier. It was like a trend. There was quite a few like Shakespeare-based fucking teen movies in the 90s. Clueless was Shakespeare as well, right? Yeah, it's... Oh, I'm going to have to Google it while you're talking. I think it is. Or it might be Jane Austen. Oh, maybe. I think it's based on Emma, actually. <laughs> so that really just... <laughs> I think it's based on Emma, the Jane Austen thing. There was Romeo and Juliet, obviously. Yeah, of course. There was these two. That's probably it. Yeah. Maybe there wasn't as many as I thought. And it was Jane Austen, yeah. So that really... Did you not do something like this last week where you look with four pawns? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. The worst thing is when I do it and immediately realise myself and then just call it out. I should have just put that. You know what we need to do? Research. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but why would we research Clueless for this? You never know. That would have been strange. Would have been a waste of time, but got Paul Rudd in it. We had two Paul Rudd films last week. That's very true. Dude. We don't have any Paul Rudd this week, but we've got some fucking bangers. We've got, like I said, Ten Things I Hate About You, starring the late Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, and I guess Joseph Gordon-Levitt's kind of the star as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've got She's All That, which stars the great Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. Um. Team yes. rom-coms, fucking awesome. I love team rom-coms. I can't imagine you've watched too many team rom-coms, have you? Uh, probably more teen of these teen stuff, because I've seen 10 Things I Hate About You and I've seen bits of She's All That. But like, it, I thought about it this morning. We should have. We're not going to. I know we're not doing it this month now, so I could, don't mind saying it. We should have done stuff like American Pie, because these, kind of, like, these kind of teen rom-coms are the kind of stuff that I have watched before. Like, not actual full-on rom-coms. But a little more, a bit more teeny, a bit more. Well, I'm going to say modern, but it's the 1999. I was 10. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I was three. All right, come. Cool. <laughs> I, I, I hate when we play this game. I know, yeah, you'll never win that one. Um, but no, I love America Pie. I won't, I won't mind doing that on an episode at some point because I think that's a fucking awesome film. And I do, like I said, the teen, like 90s teen movies are some of my favourite like it's one of my favourite genres. I just think they hit the they work every time. And these two, uh, probably the two most famous romantic teen movies from the nineties. Obviously, Ten Things I Hate About You was is a phenomenon that's held up even now. And she's all that at the time was like one of the biggest films of the year. I think it was definitely number one at the box office for a while and made over like a hundred million dollars. Um, I'm pretty sure. And both movies start some pretty big names for the time, but not all of them in quite 90s fashion. Not all of them are really that famous now. Like some of these names just feel like they disappeared off the face of the earth for a while. But Potentially, but in one of the films, there's one person in it that I lost my shit over when I was watching it. And I can't wait to get to that category to talk. To, talk. And I bet you, I think you may know who I'm talking about. But we'll I probably get... already do because it's something I. I'm looking forward to talking about so I'll be surprised if it's not the same person but we'll get there um, so yeah you said you'd seen 10 Things I Hate About You before is it something you'd seen a lot or did you not really remember much? I've seen it a couple of times with past girlfriends and whatever but um, I've always it's one of the ones that I've always liked anyway uh, not to ruin one of the categories but like I really like the music in that film as well and yeah I think it's a really good film never seen She's All That so that was a bit of a eye-opener for me so I can't wait to get into that one yeah see 
Um, not the not the complete opposite. Like I think I'd seen ten things I hear about you, maybe one seven. I couldn't really remember too much. Whereas she's all that. I think especially when I was like sixteen, seventeen, I must have watched about fifteen times. Like I fucking loved it when I was younger. Uh, and to be fair, I was I was a bit surprised rewatching now just how funny I thought it was. And I think both films more more than usual. Like because a lot of rom coms, it's an acquired taste. But I think these there was some just really genuinely funny moments which we'll get to. Um, but we might as well get started then and talk about the stories. I'll quickly run through both because, like I said, on the surface, they're quite similar. That's yeah. right. They're exactly the same. Pretty much. Both movies are about a guy that takes out a girl. One is because he makes a bet that he can take one of the biggest losers in school and make a prom queen after he's dumped by his very popular girlfriend who's feeling very insecure about himself. And that is She's All That, starring Mr. Freddie Prince Jr., uh, and the other, we're using the term "biggest loser" and turn into a prom queen very loosely. Uh, but yeah, do you know what the worst thing is as well? And I mean, I'm already getting off track. There's a bit in it when, um, when they're picking and there's some real like dodgy things, like someone scratching their ass, and he's like, "We can go worse," and then goes with her. Like, how is that worse? I'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to no, that. We'll get to it. Uh, and then ten things I hate about you is essentially about a guy that takes out a girl because he's paid to to do a favor for someone else. So. They're very similar. They both have these characters that are definitely fake romancing people and, would you believe it, eventually fall for them, as they always do in all the good ones. Um, but yeah, She's All That, I think, was a little bit more straightforward because then in 10 Things I Hate About You, there's obviously all the little subplots with why um, Heath Ledger's character Patrick's taking her out and it's because... Jason, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character wants to take out Julia Stiles' younger sister, Bianca, but then so does that's somebody the else. typical dickhead at school who is also who's the one that's paying him because he thinks it's going to help him. It's all fucking a bit of a kerfuffle. Um, so I went 10-9 in favour of She's All That because I just think, I think I preferred the straightforward nature of it. I think... You are simple. You need you need simple storylines. Yeah. Anything anything you know else? I watched but Interstellar last night. I was like, <laughs> I bet if we went through all the episodes and if it was a true story, I hundred percent would say that you pick the simple stories and and have said it's a lot simpler. So I'm going with that one. I think maybe you just don't. Maybe you just don't like complications. Yeah, maybe. No, I just think like do you know with. 10 Things Hate About You. There's, there was just little bits that I thought, this is just a bit stupid. Like, first of all, the dad saying that she she can only date if her sister does is a very weird decision, considering the sister's older as well. Like, that's a weird choice. Uh, and then... He knows his sister's, like, a bit more abrasive. That's yeah, which is ironic, because yeah. plot twist, she fucking had sex, like, a year earlier or two years earlier, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think because... That one as well, it's that all these little subplots like, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt likes her, but then so does this guy who's paying him. And it's just like, can we just fucking keep it straightforward? We don't need all this bollocks. Just a guy and a girl. About my film, is that what you're thinking? <laughs> but no, I do, I just think, especially with she's all that, I like the little twist along the way. Like, I like that he is tasked with making a prom queen, but it's not... Like, he's not the one that's driving that narrative. He doesn't nominate it for Prom Queen. Someone else does that just without knowing. And she doesn't, not to step on the end, but she doesn't win. It's not It's not like, it's not too cliche in that sense. Like, I think if it was a lesser movie, 
he'd have been the one that was nominated because he had this goal in mind and then she'd have won the prom queen thing and it'd have been like all oh, this big fucking happy ending and he'd have won his bet. And I like that they didn't do that. I like um, the way they went with it. And I think 10 things I hate about you while the... See, it's hard to talk about too much about stepping on other categories, so I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. Why, why, start, why start now on episode 31 when you've been yeah. doing it? episode so far yeah true it's just there was things i just wanted to say then it's like but these are other categories that are coming up and i don't want to repeat myself so you know what i've literally it's literally just clicked to me that although this is episode 31 the next episode will have done 30 of these together like it feels like yesterday we was only doing like the 10 episode celebration together oh yeah 30 how we done that it is wild Um, i can't believe i left work and just have kept contact with you for this long (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, we talk once a week, and that's all that's needed. Yeah, true. Um, I liked she's all that. I like the simple story, the nature of the story. Um, I like the bit with I like the twist with like Paul Walker's character, um, Dean, uh, who you know used the opportunity to out him and then try and get his own bet to sleep with her to kind of like up the ante kind of thing to prove that he's more popular than Freddie Prince Jr. But I do prefer all of the complication stuff in 10 Things I Hate About You, which is why I went 10-9 to, to 10 Things. Um, and that's because like the stuff, with, I like the stuff that Cameron's playing Joey and Joey's being played by Patrick and Patrick's supporting Cameron, but Cameron isn't really getting what he wants until later on. And it's all like this big twist and it's all getting like a bit of a tangled mess that all comes crashing down and then built back up like at the last minute. I think I prefer all of that because it just adds that extra, extra layer to it. And you've got the two, rather than, because you know, in um, She's All That, uh, Kieran Culkin, who I was shocked to see, uh, weirdly with two hearing aids, it was, did it? Yeah, I don't know what the choice was for that. I don't know if he actually needs them or what, but um, like Kieran Culkin and uh, Laney, uh, what's his, what's his name? Simon and Simon Laney. and Laney. They've got a Laney really Boggs. Good, yeah, Laney Boggs. But they've got a but they've got a good relationship, so there's not like a lot of conflict in her life. Whereas in Ten Things, like there's always conflict at all times. Like everybody's always kind of against each like the sisters oppose and come together. Um, Patrick and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Cameron. Like they bought heads, Jerry and Patrick bought heads. Obviously, uh, Cat and Patrick bought, bought heads. Um, I just like the. It seemed more, earned, or everything that happens in Ten Things seems seems more earned than everything that happens in She's All That. Like in She's All That, Freddie Prince Jr., who's like the most popular kid in school, and one of the most handsome men I've ever fucking laid eyes on. He's literally got. He's literally got it all right. He's literally. One of the host, most handsome men. Again, you say that every week about most men that's in these films. He's, uh, it says more about me, doesn't it? He's in like, is it the top? Is it like number four, like fourth place for the smartest student in the school? Yeah. He's rich. Uh, he's got a great car. He's got a, like, well, I'd say hot ex-girlfriend, but they're supposed to make you think she's a hot ex-girlfriend, not compared to Lainey Bog, but we'll keep that. We'll keep that. You know, he's got loads of friends and whatever. Um so there's not, I don't think there's as much, like it's not as believable for him to all of a sudden like go up to her, start talking to her, following her around and not, and she just kind of go along with it. Whereas Patrick doing it to Kat, it just feels 
a lot more believable because he's somewhat creepy in his persistence until it obviously becomes becomes a bit more charming. So uh, yeah, that's why I prefer Ten Things over. But that being said, obviously I've never seen She's All That. Really, really love She's All. Uh, both films are really weird. Like, like with the with the jokes and with how they like depict all the kids at school and stuff. Like obviously 10 things you've got, which I really love is when you're explaining all the different types of students and you're like, you've got the cowboys and the stockbrokers and all of that, but they're like proper like- And the white, the white rasters fucking killed Yeah, them. the white rasters are brilliant. The bit in the classroom where they're like, yeah man, and it's like, <laughs> you shut up, or whatever he says. And it's 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 like really, really cartoony in an around a not really cartoony story. Which I really, really love. But then <laughs> she saw that you've got people like we'll talk about it, but people like Matthew Lillard's character and like all of that stuff. But also, what the fuck happened with that dancing at the end in the, at the prom? Like, to fuck's old brother. Yeah, to fuck's. And it's just really, really strange. But like, really, really, like it doesn't feel out of place. It just kind of works with the vibe of the film. So like, I really love. I really love both. Like she's all that. I would hundred percent watch multiple times it's one that i'm quite happy to watch and really really liked it but i just preferred the story of 10 things that was a full-on ramble that was yeah that's for another i actually think i, I half expected you to hate shoes all that so it's interesting that you didn't i usually hate films you recommend to me that's not true at all i've got one right there that's the best recommend recommendation that's yet very, that's very true um but yeah i i think both are, like we said, they're quite similar in certain senses, so it's hard to separate the stories too much. But um, I also think while the the relationship aspects of She's All That is obviously much more simple, I like the aspect of, like, the inner turmoil of, like, Zach's character and, like, what he's going to do once he leaves school. Because, obviously, when you are, like, the big dog at school, like he is, it, it must be daunting, like, and all, they're having this future where everything's unclear. You don't know what's on, what's next. And when your dad's like pressuring you to do a certain thing. So I think I liked that bit. I think it could have done more with it. The best boy category, so I can argue that fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there soon. Um, but yeah, we'll move on then to the, the best opening. Um, oh yeah, best opening, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, next up, best opening. Um, again, very similar in the sense that both both openings kind of just paint, paint a picture on who the characters are. The... Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You One shows the popular girls pull up in that car listening to some music, which, if I'm not mistaken, is that... What's that band called that did the, the song from Shrek? Oh, oh it's... it's um, they're listening to a remix version of One Week. What's the what's Bare One Week? Who's that? Bare Naked, Bare Naked Ladies? Oh, it's I don't not, know. It's not... No, it's not... Oh, yeah, song. that One Week when I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. Same and then... Bye, yeah. Yeah, and then when uh, Kat pulls up in the car next to him and she's obviously got that really like punk rock song on, which I really enjoy. And it just shows you like how different she is from the girls around her. Uh, and then you get like, like I said, it's like it's very similar to She's All That, where the opening really introduces you to who the characters are. Like it opens with that montage with the, um, I'm not I'm not familiar with the song, but it plays while Lainey's doing like working on her art project and you see like different clips of her like, working on this big fucking whatever display and then it shows um freddie prince jr just strolling through the school without actually showing him until he checked himself out and he sees that picture which i think is really funny so the very like i said neither you know what's funny about that and i know we potentially talked about doing an episode on it 
another time. But even though I knew I was, I literally saw the poster before I clicked on the film. I saw his name pop up before I even saw him. Even walking up to the picture, I expected to see Chris Evans. <laughs> oh, because uh, um, a movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a funny version. That that is funny. Like I like that piss take. Um, but yeah, so there's not really much to really say about either opening really. Like, they are just very paint by numbers. This is who the characters are. So how did you how did you rate that? I went 10, 9 in favour of 10 things again. Just because I think you it paints Cat's uh, character a lot better than it does with Lainey. Like Lainey's all arty and like I think the whole point of the, the whole point of the film's story is to show that either well Kat and Lainey are um unobtainable. Um the moment you see Lainey, you know that that's not true because there's nothing wrong with her. But we'll keep I'll say I'm gonna save my opinions, but there's nothing wrong with her other than her being a bit arty. Um but Kat's obviously like immediately you can tell she's abrasive and that she's gonna it's gonna cause more of a problem. You've also got like you've got the bit with um Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character start in school, uh, the great bit with uh, Alison Janney, right, right in the uh, right in the novel. fiction, whatever is it, <laughs> right in the novel, and then Filthy you've got Kermit's uh, character like showing him kind of like the the school and all the different, like I said, all the different cliques, which are very like very very cartoony, which I really enjoy. It like sets up a really strange tone for the film which i really really loved um over she's all that which i feel like is very much more by the numbers like teen high school drama kind of thing so yeah that's why i went uh, yeah i mean they're both very very simple they know nothing blows either out of the water but one of them's got um both one week and joan jett's bad reputation and the other doesn't so yeah i suppose if you, we stretch like the opening out to those scenes where he gets introduced to David Cromwell's character to the school. I suppose she was at that. You can include when Zach finds out Taylor's dumped him, and we see that little montage of her. At, um... yeah, I really, really enjoyed like the them talking whilst they're in the scene and like they're at the that the pool and stuff like that. In but they're still at school. I, I really, really enjoyed that kind of bit. Yeah. But, still much prefer 10 things like weird like they both kind of give a, a good vibe a strange but good vibe to the movies like oh this is a little bit different to what everything else is but i mean they both came out the same year so not that can i just say actually they both came out the same year 10 things i hate about you looks like it came out in the early 2000s she's all that looks like it came down to like 1993 like why does <laughs> that look so fucking old compared to 10 things yeah, it is strange. I think ten ten things as well is so bright. Yeah, like it's just there's bright. just bright colours everywhere. Um yeah, I went ten nine in favour of ten things I hate about you as well. Um, like you said, those those moments with introducing you to all the different cliques, it's very similar to the faculty does, does something like that, where it sees all the different like groups of people. Um you are. Faculty. Yeah, I fucking do. Josh Hartnett. I'll fucking still. I'm still singing that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the read because I think both these are really good. Like I love the shoes all that opening, and I love the stuff with Taylor when she's explaining to Zach what happened. And I think it's really funny when she's telling him the story about the um, 
spring break and she said she got picked for the podium but you actually see that she pushed someone else off and told it then we she gets she meets brock hudson and then there's that bit where it shows them and then she's like it was crazy um we just clicked it felt like we'd known each other weeks like weeks <laughs> like it's some big fucking committed relationship i just thought it was really funny but what tipped it over for me is strictly the song that's playing when Cat shows up. That is that bad reputation because that was Ronda Rousey's entrance music in WWE. And actually, those two women look very similar. Mm. So that was quite... I don't know if that was, Ronda picked that on purpose or if it was just a coincidence, but she actually looks a lot like Julia Styles, and I've always thought that. And then when I watched it, I was like, shit, it's the music as well. Um, so <laughs> just that reason alone is what tipped it for me because it was. I, I thought it was hard otherwise because I think they were both really good. Um We'll move on then to the endings because, like I've said before, these rom coms sometimes no, you know, these movies just feel like there's a conclusion. <laughs> what did I say? It's so much stupid like that. I can't remember. Um, oh, yeah. You said um, you like, oh, what did you say? Like, you like a film that feels like it's got a conclusion. <laughs> all, all endings. Oh, the ending feels like a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, Cal. All endings feel like a fucking conclusion. Hey, not all of them. Fucking. And, uh, Infinity War. War didn't. Empire. Yeah, Empire didn't. It's random, really random. Uh, and I've gone completely off tangent. But I think I told you I'm going to Florida next month. I'm going to Disney World. Yes, um, okay. So Eleanor's watching a lot of Disney films right now um, to get in the mood. And she watched A New Hope yesterday because technically it is Disney and there's a Star Wars section there. She cried at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she when she texted me and told me, I was like, that is fantastic news. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to these endings. Almost as iconic. <laughs> but yeah, like I said before, rom-coms especially have the, the ending is the most important bit, essentially. It's where the couples figure things out and get together. Um the 10 things I hate about you ending is I'd I'd say it probably starts at the end of the prom when Kat finds out that Patrick was paid to take her out and they have that big blowout um, and then it leads to her reciting the poem in class which just it's that's an iconic moment uh, I mean it's incredible that is something that I think people who haven't even seen the film know um, and it's incredible and then she reads that and obviously storms out and then they get the they eventually reconcile in the car park because he's bought her a guitar which seems really I'd reconcile it was a bit, a bit breezed over it. She gave this big emotional thing and he got her guitar. She was like, fuck it, all's forgiven. Um, but yeah, they have the emotional reunion in the car park and that's kind of where it ends with it panning out and then that band's just playing on the school roof for some reason. Um, do you know what, as well, really randomly, why? Who? what sort of school has prom and then goes to school afterwards? Surely you should be finished at this point. American schools. Yeah, know. true. But then you compare it to the She's All That ending, which again is prom. And it's Laney's. You are gotta be prom. Also, yeah. why are these proms look like the biggest, fanciest parties in the world? Like, is that actually how it? I've got opinions. Let's continue. I think it is in America. Like they do the elaborate videos just to ask people to go to prom with them. I can only imagine mm. how big prom is. Ours was shite. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever had a prom. Yeah, ours sucked. The after party was good, but the actual prom sucked. Um, but yeah, the she's on that one. It's again, it's at prom. Laney loses the the prom queen race to Taylor, who gives a very savage speech where the teacher cuts the mic off. And 
Dean, who is played by the late Paul Walker, has been interfering in Lenny and Zach's relationship and he's taken it to prom, pretending to be this guy that he's clearly not. And he intends to get some, essentially, because he's got the hotel, uh, motel room out. And it's just towards the end of the film when she, Lenny obviously leaves and goes home and her dad calls her into the living room and it's the, the camera pans out as she comes in and you see that Zach's there. And they had that really nice reunion in the garden where the dad turns the lights on and they, they talk about... He apologised, talks about how he fucked up and lost his best friend. And then they have this really emotional moment where she tells him to shut up and then they kiss. And uh, it pans out to the graduation where she asks him what the rules of the bet was and he says, you'll, you'll see, and it turns out that he's just, he's got to graduate naked, which is really funny. I wish we'd have seen it. I can't lie. I was like, turn the camera around, boys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again... Quite different, the endings, actually, I think. Um, they do take place at prom, but I think the reunions are very different. And then while one ends at the reunion, there's obviously a little bit more issues of that. I went 10-9 in favour of 10 things, though, because while I think the actual, the way they reconcile and she gets over everything is really, really, I think it's a little too quickly. I think just getting the guitar and she's like, I'll forget it, I'll forget it all then, that's fine. I just think it was. It felt rushed, uh, whereas I think the She's All That one felt a little bit more earned. And like I said, I really like the twist where she doesn't win from Queen and she gets to the house and Zach's there. I think they made it a little bit too obvious the way they were panning out before she even walked in the fucking room. Like She was like here and they was like moving it to turn the angle of the camera and I was like, oh, so clearly someone's there. Like I think they could have done that a little better. But I like the way they work things out and the way the dad, who was like so encouraging, turned on the lights. Just It was nice, but you can't be that fucking poem scene. You can't. I think that is, it's so iconic and it's so well acted from both. Like, I think obviously Julia Stiles has to do a lot of the heavy lifting with reading it out and the emotion, but just the moment where it pans to Patrick and you can see it in his eyes, like it's so well acted by both. So I went 10 down in favour of that. So I struggled with this one because I think both endings have things that I don't like and things that I really do like. Like, I like that he didn't save Lainey from because that would have been weird from a bet of him trying to have sex with him but she's like no I realise and then she had the air horn and that, the bit where they're calling his name at the, the graduation and he can't hear it which is yeah, great um, but I, I I think both films kind of was like oh right yeah you're forgiven which I get is the genre of movie and that's fine but they both happen really quick for me um, but it is a little bit more believable and she's all that um, but then on the stuff that I do like is like what was the bet and he has to do that and it's like a really nice uplifting ending and of course on the polar opposite side the the, the poem um, but also really like that it ends on a, another strange like vibe of the letters to Cleo playing on the roof which I think is just that's like a, what, a, what a way to end a movie like such a 90s way to end a movie Um so I really, really struggle with both. Um, but you're right, the poem knocks it over the edge for me as well, because although I do like the bit where she's giving a speech and he cuts it off. Um, also, why does Freddie Prince Jr.'s character know what all of these hotels... Like, out of all <laughs> where they're living, he's calling every single hotel. like, And he doesn't find the right one. No, he never does. Um 
such a such a you know stupid move, but whatever. Uh, but no, the poem is like like you say, you can he plays your plays it perfectly. Um, you can see him like you can see the pain in his eyes as she's reading it, and of course you can see her pain. Like even like uh, the teacher um, whose name I wrote down, his name is Daryl Mitchell, um, like who's been great and funny the entire movie. Like you can even see like him reacting to it as well. Like it's just such a really solemn scene in such a fun movie. Um, so that's why I went. 10 9 but it was very i was tempted to do 10 10 but try not to do that as much i'm trying to quit i'm trying to cut down yeah it is it's a close one i will say what something that made me laugh is when that graduation scene when he's naked and the girl next to him is like she looks shocked when she realizes like he's not been sat there the entire time like how have you just clicked that you've been sat next to someone naked like how long have you been there like obviously they're in the S's by the time it gets to those guys. They've gone through the alphabet to up until S and she's not, she's not realised. That's, that's worrying on her side, to be fair. But, um, yeah, both endings are good. I mean, like you said, there are bits in both that I like and bits that I don't. Um, but that poem scene, it's just, it's fucking awesome. It is so fucking good. I also like the, I forgot to mention it because I didn't want to mention it, like the scene with her dad. After she's in which that, one? Uh, Ten things. Like obviously, you got the bit with she's all that in uh, with the dad. He was like, "We'll leave you to it," kind of thing. But I like the bit when she sat on the porch, and he comes over and he talks about how he's been on the bench for years, and he says like he about her going to Sarah Lawrence that he's been on the bench for years, but she still gets to play a few, few rounds with uh, Bianca. I really like that that bit that she is essentially letting her go after everything that he said and been like the entire film is. He's accepting that she needs to go and spread her wings too. I really like that bit. I think it all just kind of builds up to a nice uplifting ending, even with that sad poem. Yeah, I think I like the baseball, like, and um, what's the word? And why if it's gone out of my head? What is he trying, I don't know what you're trying to say. Uh, the baseball an, analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. analogy. Oh, yeah, that's it. Why, why did that disappear from my head? That was weird. Yeah, an analogy. What is it you do for a living? Is it a writer? Yeah, good job I'm not a talker. Um, you are. We do this every week. I don't know if I'm writing that down, but yeah, for some reason that word just escaped me and I forgot how you said it. Um, but yeah, I like the baseball analogy from him where he says like he gets to do a few innings with Bianca and he says, but when um, Kat goes to this unit, he won't even be able to watch the game. I, I, I thought that was a really nice moment. Um, I also like... The moment in she's all that with the dad before prom when he says like you waste don't waste your time down here like and he mentions her mum passing and he says like people look down on me because I clean pools and stuff but I like the twist when she says there's no one to go with and he says oh that's weird because I'm pretty sure there's a handsome new man in the living room and you think it's Zach and he comes up and fucking Paul Walker's there it's like oh fuck see I didn't think it was Zach I thought it was going to be Kieran Culkin's character like, that would have been a nice that would have been nice or like, a best friend why the fuck wasn't a best friend taking her. What's Foggy doing, eh? Yeah, that guy should have take, t- uh, taken her. You were too busy creeping on Zach's younger sister. I don't know, was yeah. she, I, I don't know how much younger she was, but the line when she's like, I go to an all-girls school, I'd be, I'd, I'd be thinking the exact same. <laughs> yeah, but that guy's a fucking bum. Um, although he has a really funny line, which I'll talk about soon. We'll move on then to the best male lead, because obviously... This one's odd. This one's really fucking hard. It's really you, fucking hard. You got your rom coms, you got you got your male lead and your female lead in most. 
Sometimes you've got two male love interests, sometimes you've got two females, but we've got male and female here. Um, you've got Freddie Prince Jr. as Zach Siler in She's All That, the jock who is trying to turn Lainey Boggs into prom queen as a bet, but falls in love with her. And in 10 Things I Hate About You, you've got Heath Ledger as Patrick Verona, the guy that's taking Cat out as he's getting paid for it, essentially, to help Bianca end up with Joey slash Cameron, depending who you ask. Um, this is really odd. So I'm glad it's you going first. Oh, you son of a bitch. Wait, 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 wait. One, me, you, me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. I'm going to get the negative out of the way first. Him being a little bitch about him being rich, having all these friends, being dead smart and just not knowing what university to go to because his dad went to a university was not enough for me to feel sorry for him. If anything, I was still like, you're still massively fucking popular. People love you. Like, you still look like Freddie Prince Jr. You still look like Freddie Prince Jr. You're well-respected. Um, you're obviously athletic. Um, you can literally have anybody in the school, essentially. Uh, I'm not really feeling sorry for you if you were, if you can't go to, if you're struggling over which university to go to just because your dad is. That being said, super fucking charming, really funny, like, love his reactions to everything it's the way freddie prince jr's like voice almost kind of breaks when he's like shocked or reacting to something every time i really loved it but that scene in the cafeteria um with um karen corkin's character whose name is wrote it down simon Simon. um like that's really when he makes (laughs) when he makes the ginger kid from america pie is beautiful yeah what was he what's he called oh shamanator yeah in american (laughs) pie makes shamanator with his pubes um like absolutely fantastic, and I'm not. I say fantastic, Grace, as I say fantastic all the time now. So it's I've gone from phenomenal, sensational, phenomenal, oh, phenomenal. I'm going to use that. I'm going to I'm going to start that saying that one. But it's hard because at the same time, Patrick is sensational, and he, he's he Ledger just plays it perfectly. He plays the he like he's the bad boy that's not really the bad boy everything's got an explanation like the fact that he wasn't in prison he was with his granddad helping him like when he was ill um he's fun he's charming he can sing i'm starting to i'm starting to be wooed myself the problem is i can't decide between either of them and i've just said i'm not going to do any 1010s (laughs) but i'm going to do a 1010 because i think that i think they are both genuinely perfect in their roles like you can 100% believe that uh, Zach, uh, Freddie Prince Jr Zach is the most popular kid in school the only thing I, the only thing I have against oh no I'm, I'll talk about that in the extenuating like in the extended cast bit but he doesn't look like a high school student whereas you, Heath Ledger kind of passes as, as an elder. oh I don't know about that I think Heath Ledger looks like an older high school student, whereas, <laughs> whereas Freddie Prince Jr. looks like he's probably left high school about 10 years ago. I think it's interesting thing at this point, Freddie Prince Jr. had done both I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. And in the second one, he's like playing like some guy that's actually left school and is working. So it's funny that like, now he's all of a sudden back to being in school. Um, I went 10-10 too. <laughs> I had to because... Like, I've made no secret, I fucking love Freddie Prince Jr. Like, it's the reason I love this film so much is when I was younger. And I just, I think he is perfect as Zach in this movie. Like, he is really believable as, like, this um, 
icon to other students at school, like the scenes when he's walking through and he says hi to the girl, he calls her Connie, and she's like, oh, he said my name, and the other girl's like, he called you Connie, your name's Melissa. <laughs> or when, I don't know if it's, it when he same, talks to Simon. Did it not do the same to Simon as well? Yeah, but he called, the, he calls him a word, and I'm not sure if it's supposed to be offensive or not. I don't know, I can't remember. He calls him Spaz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, he talks to me, and he's like, she's, and then Lane's like, your name's Simon. Like, where did, what, is he just insulting him? Because it doesn't seem like he would. Like, I don't understand that. I don't know where, is that, what, is that just an accident? It depends on how you look at the word spaz, in that sometimes it can be meant as an insult, as if you've got learning difficulties, but other times it just can be used and it has been used as like just people that are weird. God, no. Well, even still, it's kind of an insult, isn't it? She's some kid and called him weird. Doesn't seem yeah. like anything. It just doesn't seem like his character. It's weird that that yeah. was there. Um, but no, I do. I look. I think he's great. I think, like you say, he's very charming. I think he's charismatic. You can believe him as the prom king, and you can see why. Even when he's talking to Lainey and she's very standoffish at first, you can see how he eventually gets it to warm to him, like the way they interact and stuff. I just think he's great. But I think. The reason I've got this tied is because while I love Freddie Prince Jr. a lot, I don't think it's any contest to me that Heath Ledger is just a better actor. And I think it shows in these movies. I think his performance is probably just, it's just better. I'm not sure of the character. I prefer the character, but I think his performance is just, it's fucking awesome. Uh, the Australian accent doesn't hurt one bit. That's lovely. Um, everything about him, I think is great. Like the interaction with Cameron, when He's talking to Cameron and Cameron's telling him that Bianca's interested in Joey and he's like, is she not worth fighting for? And then when Cameron tells her that she kissed him and he asks where and Cameron says on the lips. In the car. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's great. Um, the scene when he sings as well is fucking iconic. Like singing that song and the dancing. I just think it's it's so good. And It's a bit when he's running away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's like doing the cartoony running. I just think it's great. I, I think he's awesome, and you can also see why Cat's character, who is obviously so like reserved and wary of everyone around, you can see how he eventually breaks down her like defenses and stuff. But I, that's I can't separate them. Although I will say, I think Freddie Prince Jr. does a better job acting when they find out about the bet in comparison to when. Cat finds out he was being paid. Like Heath Ledger didn't really do too much there. Whereas I think Zach's reaction when Laney asks him if it's a bet, and you just see the way he says yes, and he's like, it just looks like he's going to break down. I thought it was really well done, and I think they're both fucking awesome. So yeah, I went ten ten. The only thing that Zach should have done after that moment is not be then like, yeah, I'll take you to the prom still, ex girlfriend who's crazy. Yeah, that was strange. Oh, he should have just punched Dean's fucking head off. Or just dance, yeah, stand there dancing with her still. But I like the bit with the art show with Zach as well and the hacky sack. And yeah, that's fun. We're going to get a lot deeper with him, but his problems just amounted to the fact that he doesn't know which university to go to. So yeah, and he's, he's he's got the pressure to be good, like oh, fucking great. Or, like, I, I think they should have done more with the property's got to live up to being popular. I mean, I know how it feels, but yeah, it's a curse. It's a curse. It's a curse being this good-looking and popular, isn't it, Kel? It was horrible being this large, let me tell you. Um, we'll move on then to the, the opposite side of that, and that's the best, the male, the, ma- the main female character, the lead woman in these movies, oh, which... 
Should we just you are? say it and move on? Because we both know who it's going to be. <laughs> You've got Julia Stiles' cat in... Is it cat Stanford or Stratford? Stratford. Stratford. Yeah, like, so you've got Julia Stiles as Cap Stratford in 10 Things I Hear By You. The the more, like, punk-rocky, very mean-looking... See, the women are, are outcast in both movies, but for very different reasons. She's, like... she To be fair, she's very liberal, and she's quite she's quite a um, feminist, yeah, especially yeah. for the times. Like, when she talks at the beginning about Hemingway, um, and she's just not afraid to punch... Or as we know, like she damaged that guy's testicles. Like she's very tough, and a lot of people find it intimidating. Whereas Lainey Boggs, played by Rachel Lee Cook, is quite the opposite. She's quite timid. This artist who keeps us to herself um, until obviously you get to know her further in the movie, where she comes out of a shell and like stands up for herself. Um, they're both fucking great characters for very different reasons. I went ten nine in favor of Lainey Boggs yeah, of because that's the right answer. I just think she does, I think not only do I think the character is, I think there's more of a growth throughout the film. And I think Rachel Lee Cook just does a better performance. Like I love the way Lainey, who's this, who's quite timid and shy and obviously keeps to herself. I love the way she's not afraid to stand up to like, even at the beginning when Zach shows an interest and she says, I'm not smart. Like I can't shoot you and stuff like that. Or um, when she stands up to, Taylor's friend on the beach when I can't even remember what she says, but she's she says something about her. It says, Oh, you know what I mean? And Lainey's like, obviously I don't. And then she decides to go play. Oh no, she says she run like a girl. And Lainey says, I am a girl. And she's like, you know what I mean? She says, obviously I don't. And then she goes to play volleyball with the guys um before showing up to the party and the whole thing with Taylor where she obviously admits initially stands up for herself, but eventually breaks down i just think everything laney does like the the way she reacts as well to the fact that it's a bet where she she sw- like she shouts and she swears in front of everyone i thought that that scene was really good um don't get me wrong i think julia styles is great as cat uh, i think she plays like that sort of role really well like it suits her to a t um and even when she begins to show more of a personality later i think it works as well but there's little moments which i just think are a bit out of character like when she flashes the teacher that just doesn't seem like anything that that character to, would do. So just at times, I just didn't really feel like there's a consistency to her. Whereas, yeah, they, we weren't supposed to like we were supposed to feel like she wasn't likable, Julia Styles. Whereas I think she's quite likable all the way through. And I feel the same about Lainey Boggs. But like, I feel like she spoke like Julia Styles's cat is supposed to be um, like abrasive, and she's. Supposed to be hard not to crack, but like literally the first party to go shoot to get she goes to, she's dancing on the tables and she gets her gets the baps out for the boys to get out of detention and stuff like to an older gentleman. Um, which just seems a bit inconsistent. I mean, that's why I went 10 9 in favor of um Ladybugs as well, because I just think she, although I'll get into it in a second, although she quite clearly doesn't fit the bill of what the film is trying to is meant to be telling us. Like she does feel more like an outsider, like that she's not as welcoming groups because of, you know, she's arty. Even like the art, even the art nerds don't like the goth girls don't really like her. Um, like she just doesn't seem to fit in anywhere. Um, whereas you, I don't believe that's like Julie, Julie Styles' character's got friends. She goes to gigs. She does all that. It's not as 
in what the story wants us to believe, it's not, it's more believable with Laney. So let's just say right now, I, I text it you. And <laughs> is this film supposed to be, make me believe that she's not attractive? She's a fucking, she's a small, cute girl in fucking duggeries. Uh, literally, literally the fucking, whew, yeah, it's, she's, yeah. She's, She's literally the. I said it to you on the. Uh, is it, I said it to you. Or something? I said it to my friend Dan. It's as soon as she's on the screen, everybody else after that is in like nobody. Nobody else matters. And she's literally on the. She's the first person you see on the screen. So no woman in that film compares. Not the. Not the one that's supposed to be the hottest girl in school. Like even she looks fucking ugly compared to Rachel Lee Cook. What the fuck? Yeah, she's very. Uh... Very attractive. It's funny when they tried to do this in these sort of movies where it's like, oh, and she went for this transformation. It's like, she fucked. She took her glasses off. She still looks the same. She's fine. She's a very attractive woman. I do like the scene. With the glasses on. Yeah, either or. Like, um, I just think I prefer with the glasses. I can't lie. But, like, the scene when Zach goes with her to the show and then they're outside and he, he tries to put the charm on and he says, your eyes are really beautiful and she likes laughs him off she's like oh please and then she looks at i just think stuff like that i think it was really well done from her i also like that she is she's she comes from a much like not a much much worse background but her family are nowhere near as well off as cats like she's quite poor and mm -hmm. everyone makes jokes how her dad's like the poor man for all these like more rich kids whereas cat's family are quite clearly rich as well that house is huge yeah, yeah, exactly. If we can live with like, babies, even was like, oh, I sent a check. It's fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's completely different. Um, and I love that while Cat spends most of the film being miserable and don't get on with his sister, I like that Lane. He's always got that bond with Simon and always looking out for him. And the way he returns the favor later on when they find out it's a bet and Zach rings and he fucking turns on Zach and he calls him an ass on the phone. I, just, I love. I think that's that was great. I love their relationship and I love that she made. It took a little longer for Zach to win her back over after finding out it was the bet. Whereas with Kat, it felt like it was so quick. Like she found out we had that one team with her dad, and then she was reading the poem, and then they were together. Whereas Lainey, like, was ignoring all of Zach's calls. She uh, had that big speech with her dad. She went to prom with someone else, then she left with someone else, and then fucking used a rape alarm, which I think is a great touch. And I love that she saved herself in that moment and didn't have some guy coming and do it for her. Um, I just think I just think she was a better character. Um, mm -hmm. So that was easy. You never actually said you score, so I'm guessing it's 10 now. I did. Oh, did I, I pushed it through because I needed to get it out. But yeah, what an attractive lady. Um, lady. So we've got the individuals then. We'll next talk about the actual couples, which couple we think were better. So obviously, like I said, you've got Zach and Lainey and you've got Kat and Patrick. Essentially, it's which couple had the best chemistry? Which one did you actually think will be together in the future? Like, how do you see that going on? I think it's you first this time. So how did you score that? I think it was a very easy 10-9 to 10 things I hate about you. I think those two are suited to each other more than... Uh, Zach and Laney. Zach and Laney feel more like they would go for all of that and like become like friends for life rather than anything else. Whereas Kat and Patrick actually feel, as they both open up to each other, I genuinely feel like they are right and meant for each other over the other two. Um, so like the bit like when he's, when they when they talking about 
like all of the lies that have been told between each other. Like they've they both had these kind of personas built by other people, rumors, and as they break down, they they're actually quite similar. And I really like really like that. Obviously, the, the getting together at the end was very like quick, but yeah, I just think they're better suited to each other. And in terms of the personalities. Um, the futures and all that kind of business, and a lot of the past, and the, like I said, all the rumors that were built around them. Just think it loads worked a lot better than Zach and Laney, who I don't think I didn't believe that that would have happened naturally. I didn't, and I wouldn't believe that that would carry on happening that way. See, I actually disagree. I went 10 9 in favor of she's that because I think with Patrick and Kat's characters they both seem so fucking angry like I can only imagine like the blazing rows that they'd end up having and like he even makes a joke at the end imagine the sex <laughs> well yeah true but like the bit at the end where she's like you can't just buy me an, an instrument every time you mess up and it's like yeah because you probably will fucking mess up a lot like those two just I, th- I don't know I think it'd be much more toxic the, uh, with the bass and then the drums and then maybe a triangle so yeah much. it was a, it was a fun line um but yeah, I just think, and even throughout the film, like there's moments where like they, they were together like for what, like an hour and they, they already had so many like disagreements in that time. Like it's like fucking hell. Like at least we, Zach and Lainey, there was only like the real moment when she found out about the bet where things went sour and then he eventually won her over and they had that really nice moment in the garden. Um, Gosh, I just think... You and Eleanor agree on everything all of the time. Not really. It depends what we're on about. If it and comes you, to films and music, not at all. And are you happy? Yeah, yeah, we don't argue. We don't <laughs> argue, which is nice. I actually think I could probably count on one hand the, the number of like big arguments we've had in almost eight years now. Like we just we get on, and I don't think Patrick and Cat will will just get on. I think those two are going to be at each other's throats for fucking years. Whereas I think Laney and Zach, I think this. The chemistry there, I think it just works. Um, and I love how supportive he is. Like the moments when they're outside after the party and she's upset and he sits with her and he talks to her and he says, like, when you come into this sort of thing, you've got to let in all the good, but also the bad as well. Like just their interaction just felt, I think it feels more genuine. And also, like with Zach and the bet, to me, it feels like that stops much earlier than Patrick and the money. Like, from the first moment after the bet, like it doesn't really feel like that's when he's on, like at the forefront. Whereas Patrick meets her and then goes and says he needs more money, <laughs> like which I actually made a note of because he said like I oh, got text in the movies and she's like eighteen dollars or something. Then he's like, but then we want popcorn, so it's gonna be like fifty three. And I was like, how fucking how much do they charge for popcorn in that fucking place? You went to the cinema, you know. Yeah, but this for two people popcorn, you say it's gonna cost like thirty-eight dollars or something daft. I can't remember what the exact number was, but it was absurd. Um, which has absolutely nothing to do with this conversation. I don't know why I just brought it up. But <laughs> I just rinsing amount of money. No, and I think as well, like the way Zach falls out with his friend over her as well. Like he realizes once he gets to know her, like the sort of people he's been friends with and how they treat those sorts of people. And the way he turns on Dean when Dean starts saying, making comments about her, it's, I just think it feels more genuine to me, whereas I reckon Kat and Patrick are probably beating the fuck out of each other in a couple of years. Like, there's no way that's... Are we out drama? There's no way. 
And also, I do like the, uh, the the public showcases they do for each other, like the poem and the the singing. Like it's nice to have those moments, but all in all, I, I think the way Zach and Laney went about things just a little better. I also think he went about it better, wooing her. Whereas Patrick just kept showing up everywhere. Maybe Ten Things is actually the Joker's origin. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's where he got those scars. It is weird that it's the same guy, isn't it? Yeah. That's fucking wild. Um, we'll move on then to a category that you suggested we made, which is really, yeah. really random. But this <laughs> is the best dad in the movies because both female leads have her. I've got a very strange relationship with their fathers who play a significant role, which is quite interesting in comparison to the... You are? The dads are both quite strange as well. Yeah. It's interesting in comparison to the the male leads. Like, obviously, Zach's dad does play a role about with the college and, like, how he wants his son to find his footsteps, whereas Patrick's family's just never shown. Um, Whereas these female leads have got these single dads raising them and they're very eccentric characters... You've got Kevin Pollock in She's All That playing Laney's dad, who I believe is called is it Wayne Boggs, maybe? Boggs. Huh? Wayne Boggs. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, you've got Kevin Pollock playing Wayne Boggs, the pool cleaner. He's not very well off money-wise, but he's raising Laney and Simon on his own after his wife died of cancer, um, obviously before the events of the movie. And then you compare that to Kat's dad in... She's uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Walter Stratford, who is played by Larry Miller, he's a, a very rich doctor who is very, very protective over his daughters and doesn't want them dating anyone. He says that he's got two rules in his house, and that is no dating before you graduate and no dating before graduation again. Um, it's it's interesting. They're, they're quite different in the sense that I think Laney's dad is actually, he encourages her to, step out and becomes his own and get to know new people. And he's very supportive of a relationship with Zach from like almost the get-go. Um, like when they meet outside the house and they shake hands and then um, when he shows up at the end and he obviously lets him in and he turns the lights on outside, he's very open to the idea of her seeing Zach, whereas Kat's dad is against her having any form of social life. And Bianca especially, her sister, doesn't want her doing anything. And he sets the rule that Bianca can only date if Kat does, which obviously sets in motion the events of the film. Um, so how... Wait, it's me first, actually. I went 10-9 in favour of Wayne Boggs for one reason, really. I think while it's funny what Walter does in 10 Things I Hear About You, I think it's actually really poor parenting to just <laughs> pit the daughters against each other. Yeah. Like, the original rule makes sense, like... I can understand why he wouldn't want his daughters dating before graduation, but when he says you can only date if your sister does, it immediately puts them against each other and it makes all of Bianca's resentment towards him and her sister instead. And that is just fucking terrible parenting, like making your kids oh, resent no, each other. It's the way that he does it. It's like, and he's like congratulating himself, like, oh, yes, that's a good idea. And he's like so happy and pleased with himself. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Don't get me wrong, it's funny. But when you actually like think about it, it's fucking tragic parenting where, as I think... Wayne's brilliant. I think he's so funny. Like the scene when 
He's watching. Uh, he's watching Jeopardy and he's getting every <laughs> single question wrong, which I think is so funny. And then he, he doesn't even realise that the soccer team are in the house until one of them answers the question right, mm-hmm. and he looks up. He's like, "Who the hell are you?" Like, I think that's brilliant. Um, the scene he has with Lainey when he talks about the fact he's a poor man and everyone looks down on him, and he, he encourages her to live her life. I think it's so so moving. Um, and he just seems like a much more supportive dad, and he's he's someone you'd want around um whereas i think walt is probably such a pain in the ass i do think it's funny though when he's talking to cat and he's having an argument with her and she says ask bianca who give her a lift home he's like don't change that and he's like who give you a lift home <laughs> like he's about to say the subject and can't help himself immediately distracted yeah he is and i really think that that scene at the end is touching when he says he paid for her to go to the school he sent the first check like it's nice but yeah it was easy for me when just fucking funny as hell uh, I like the bit in 10 Things when they're like, we go into the party and he's like, where the belly? And he makes him put the fake belly on. It's fucking brilliant. But I also went 10-9 in favour of uh, Wayne Boggs, purely for the Jeopardy scene. But I do like the scene in the basement when he's talking about how he owns his own business, he provides for his family, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it's really, really good. Um, I hope I love both. I love both. That's why I said we should do a category because I love both the characters for very different reasons. Like, um, Walt is like just unhinged. He yeah, was, he's just unhinged. Like when he when she's talking and he flings the like exercise thing over and all that stuff and all of his rules and how he acts and talks and halfway through conversations like goes off and talk talk because obviously he's he's a he does maternity clearly so he, he goes into all the details yeah having babies and stuff. Um, I think he's. He's really, really unhinged, but fucking hilarious. But Wayne's has got that heart to him um, that just surpasses him in every way, and is fucking hilarious. Like he's he acts is the traditional like like silent Bob or whatever you're in. Like he just acts like he doesn't really have a clue what's going on. Like he acts so background until it's important, and then he's clearly very aware of everything that's going on and he's just there pushing from the background and I really really like that so yeah Wayne Boggs what a hero I think as well he went against all the stereotypical like fathers in these sorts of movies where they're really like intimidating towards the male like love interest whereas he's so like welcoming of Zach from minute one like when they're talking outside the house and he's talking about like his job as the pool guy and he's like asking to show him stuff like he just seems to be on board from the get-go whereas Walter is fucking so against it and you can kind of see why Walter's missus walked out is all I'm saying yeah Wayne's wife died that was tra- that which is tra- a tragedy and you feel that for him whereas Walter's walked out and left him and you, I'm not surprised you know, yeah makes sense that yeah track. it just straight up does uh well, we've covered a lot of characters there, but we still haven't got to the rest of these very, very stacked casts because there are a lot of characters in both. So we'll talk about the supporting cast now. Um, we'll start with 10 Things I Hear About You then because you've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, as Cameron, the new kid at school, who's clearly interested in Bianca, which is obviously what sets apart the entire situation with um, Patrick dating... Cat so that he can date Bianca. Um, you've got David Crumholtz as his friend uh, Michael, who is really right. funny. I, I love that guy. You are. The way he's like, I have a dick on my face, don't I? And then just like immediately, he's like, I accept that and walks off. Yeah, he's great. I think the scene when he rides down the, on the motorbike and he falls off and he, he starts celebrating. I think then he falls over is really funny. Um, 
You've also got Bianca, who is played by Larissa Alenic, who I've, I've never heard of her name before. Um, but she's great. Bianca's fantastic. Um, you've got Andrew Keegan as Joey, who is fantastic again. Like he that guy is so funny. Um you when he's like a I show, this is my underwear pose, and then he shows the swimsuit up the swimsuit. <laughs> Yeah, but well, when he get when she punches him, he's like, "God damn, Bianca, I've got to shoot tomorrow." Like it's really funny stuff. Uh, you got Gabrielle Union as Bianca's best friend. Who's in both? I think. Yeah, she's she's one of the bitchy friends in both. Although she's much nicer when she's all that. And you've got all the teachers, which is just an incredible collection of some of the worst uh, people in education I've ever seen. Like none of these motherfuckers deserve jobs. Um, Alison Janney's great. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, I think it's Darryl, I've got the names here. It's Daryl Mitchell who plays Mr. Morgan English teacher. He's fantastic. Uh, David Leisure plays the coach of the soccer team doing the detention, um, which is also really funny. Where he gets um, in the ass and then like he sits down at detention and like does that quick jump up. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and you've got like we've already touched on Larry Miller, but you've also got. Cat's friend Mandela, who's played by Susan May Pratt, who's also really good in the scene she's got when she's like talking about how she's in love with like she thinks she connects with Shakespeare, and everyone's like, What the fuck's going on here? Like, this bitch is imagine, crazy. Imagine if we knew somebody that was just completely obsessive over people that they <laughs> obsessed that, with people like Shakespeare, fictional people like Lightning McQueen, or <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. It'd be weird if um, with fictional people and then we'll switching over to she's all that it's it's just as stacked again you've got um paul walker as dean samson jr a fantastic casting choice he literally looks like he's like right i'm gonna finish shooting today and i'm gonna i'm doing fast and furious tomorrow yeah it's crazy like when you think about the the jump that his career is about to take and this is just before he obviously becomes this household name but he's he's great as that one of zach's Friends who makes the bet with him, but eventually turns four. Um, Jordy Lynn O'Keefe, who plays Taylor, who plays the bitchy prom queen really well. And she obviously went on to do other things like, um, I think the Vampire Diaries is what the other thing I've seen her in, but she's uh, she's great. Um, Kieran Culkin, like we said, obviously. incredible as Simon Box. Megastar now. Uh, Usher, playing the school DJ, random yeah. as shit. Very random. Um, who else have we got? Eldon Henson plays Jesse Jackson. He goes on to being Daredevil. Uh, you've got he, Le- he was Lil, in... Lil Kim in there. Yeah, yeah, Lil Kim's in there. Gabrielle yeah. Union, like we said, Anna pa- Paquin. Is it Paquin? Yeah, Paquin. Paquin. Clear Duval from Faculty. Yeah, which is really funny when she says, they're talking about that, the artist, and says to Lenny, so maybe you should kill yourself. <laughs> I think that's so fucking funny. There's also some really random like cameos, like we said, Shermanator. Oh, 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 did you? No, say no, that? no, not yet. We'll get, we'll get to him. Okay, I'm going to say I thought you missed him. And if no, we were no. talking about cameos, nobody else fucking matters because what the f- you didn't tell me, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in this fucking movie. I know that's really random choice, isn't it? I think they were. T- I think her and Freddie Prinze Jr. were together at this point, so I think it was a favor. I know what you did last summer, and then they were together by this point. So I'm guessing it was just like a wink and a nod kind of thing. Yeah, I think it was like a favour. She clearly didn't get paid for it because she, she won't she even speak. Didn't even speak. But, no. but she's not the only one. Um one of the soccer players in the when they go to clean the house is that is it Milo Ventimiglia? From uh Hero. From, yeah, from Heroes and is it This Is Us? I've not seen yeah. it, but I think this is Gilmore Girls, stuff like Rocking that. 
Yeah, he's one of the the just the really soccer right. players to clean the house, which I'd never noticed till this time watching it. Well, when he first ran in, I was like, "That's uh, and that's the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You." That's Bianca's boyfriend. And then we had to rewind it, and he was like, "Nope, that's somebody completely different, but still quite famous." Yeah, someone that you still <laughs> recognise. Yeah, that was surprising when he showed up, because um, I'd never noticed that before, and I've watched this film so many times. Like obviously, I said we've got the Shermanator, but we've also got one of the greatest fucking castings in anything ever, which right. is why I'm going to get ahead of it now and say that supporting and yeah. nine supporting went to she's all that yeah because Same Matthew Michelle. Lillard as Brock oh. Hudson. You got you got three quarters of the cast of Scooby Doo in this movie. Yeah, well, three fifths. Not leave Scooby out. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. That's disrespectful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't think about the CGI dog. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, the entire cast is great, which I will talk about now quickly. Like, I think well, they're all good. That's what we do on this podcast. Yeah, but like, I mean, I mean quickly, because I want to get on the conversation of one person. You want some like, <laughs> They're all... They're, no, I just think because I want to talk about Mafia Lillard. Um, like I said quickly, and I've just distracted you from doing it quickly. I know, yeah, you bastard. Like, they're all good. Like, Usher showing up's really random. random. Um, like I said, Paul Walker's incredible as Dean. Like, the bits when he's faking being nice, it fucking kills me. It's so funny. Like, when he's saying to Zach, like, because they can't do this thing anymore. Like, I really care about this girl. He's like, he made it... It's so stupid. Like, it's so over the top, but it fucking kills me. It's so funny. Um... He's he is brilliant in it, um, and I think I think I'd have gone in favour of Sheila anyway because I think people like him, he was great, and I think Taylor's really good. Uh, Simon's great, but Matthew Lillard as Brock Hudson from the real world is fucking iconic. Also, real world in both movies as well. I thought that as well. Yeah, I thought that when I was watching Ten Things I Hear About You. Just it's similar to last week when every everybody loves Raymond played a part in both. This week it's the the real world reality show, but yeah, um, Matthew Lillard is fucking awesome in this movie as Brock Hudson. He's so up his own ass. Um, I love it when he's with Taylor in the bedroom and she's like trying to kiss his chest and he's like, "No, watch this, watch this," and he says like he's about to go Brando, like Marlon Brando, <laughs> like it's fucking awesome. Like he's got a he's got a shoot or something. That day. He doesn't want to smell of a spit. Yeah, and it's just when like you see the cat when he's like on the screen and like it's uh he's giving the speech to the cameras and he's saying about how he comes from and he's an only child he doesn't know how to act and he says like hey hey him and you just hear fuck off <laughs> he's like really upset about it it's it's he's fucking he's so brilliant I mean when he even first goes to the school and that all the people are talking to outside and he's like getting into that like Taylor goes over to him and he's like looking at Zach and you know like the hey. like all the party when he does the dance. The oh, fucking so, dance. So cringy, but so did you I bet you've watched it, so you probably know. But they did a sequel, didn't they? He's all that. I've not seen it. Well apparently I think I can't say for certain because I've not seen it, but I'm pretty sure he comes back and does a dance in He's All That as well. So I know for a fact that he's in He's All That, and so is Rachel Lee Cook. Oh but really? They're playing completely different characters. Uh okay. He plays the head teacher of the school. And I'm pretty sure she plays the main girl's mum. Uh, okay. But I've not seen it and I've heard it's terrible. I looked, it on, I looked it up on uh, Letterboxd and there's hardly any reviews above two. Yeah, I, think, I don't think it did well or it was well received at all. Because I think the main star is that TikTok like girl. She's not even really an actress. She does TikToks and no idea. 
that's the main the lead female in it um but yeah the dance scene is iconic and i, I think he's fucking brilliant i like well like all the cast of 10 things too like i just don't think there as any of them are as strong as the cast of like she's all that like all of the everybody in she's all that is just unhinged crazy like fucking hilarious I like the bit with Matthew Lillard when he's breaking up with um, Taylor and it's, she's like, I, I don't understand why he's done it. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it's the exact same speech that he gave, that she gave to Zach at the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's even the, oh, that's so sweet line. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Or oh, when he's dancing, because they had the tattoos and he's got, he got the one of a really badly drawn face with the words me pointed at it. And when he's, when he's dancing to the song and the song's saying me, he's pointing to the... the the shoulder like it's so fucking funny it's just as well when she's like she, when she sees him dancing she tries to get his attention he was like bro he's like not now honey the song's on he's <laughs> like so in- invested but that's the only thing i don't that's the only thing i don't like about it. she's all that is that they make taylor look like they make you hate her to make it, it it's almost like you you want to like laney more so you make Taylor into a terrible character when in reality Taylor, Taylor should have stayed as like the so it would, would have made her being prom queen a lot more a lot harder like a, a lot more of a challenge but like everybody even her friends hate her by the end of the film mm. but she does turn into like they do turn into like a married couple of 40 years who fucking hate each other over the space of a couple of days and it's, it, 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 even with that it still pays off it's still fucking funny yeah even just showing up to the party like quite pissed and she's like i just thought with sharp face it's like who the f- like, you motherfuckers think you're like royalty it's so good um but yeah the cast of 10 things i hate about you is great as well like i think like i said i think joey's really funny um i think bianca's really good as well like you can see why she's like popular and why joseph gordon levitt's character is like infatuated with her um the teachers are really funny um, yeah, Mr. Morgan, the way he antagonizes Joey, he's like, someone's gonna punch you in the face one day, and I'm not gonna do a thing to stop it. I think that stuff's really good. When uh, when she's like, I'm really looking forward to this assignment, he's like, get out of my classroom. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you think she's mocking him. Yeah, and the uh, Alison Janney playing the teacher who is just so interested in writing this dirty fucking novel that she's not even that ass. Although she also behaves a bit bit questionable when she's like commenting on Patrick's dong saying he's optimistic we figured it was a bratwurst like these teachers in that school fucking need investigating because they're all terrible David Krumholz is brilliant as well yeah he's fantastic but he's fantastic in everything isn't he I had to think the last time I saw him he was in was he was in Oppenheimer wasn't he yeah I had to think that that's the last time I saw him well I watched um, two of the Santa Claus movies since then so I've re-seen him in those as Bernard the head elf oh dear she's fucking awesome um, yeah it's, it would have been hard if it wasn't for Matthew Lillard I think because I think he just could be one of the most entertaining supporting roles I've seen in a lot of films like there's not many films where I think there's like a certain character that has that sort of impact considering how limited the screen time is like he's not in it that much yeah. but he's fucking just if we're talking about not in it that much, I would have given She's All That a 10-9 in favour of Sir Michelle Geller anyway. So, and she's in it yeah. for like seconds. So And Shermanator eating his pubes. <laughs> but the name Brock Hudson as well is just fucking fantastic. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. Um, we'll move on then, because I could talk about 
Matthew Lillard as Brock Hudson all fucking night. He's so funny in that film. Um, I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it watch it just for him. Like Agreed. stuff he does with the real world is just it's it's so funny. Um, these are obviously two late nineties films, and you can tell by one reason predominantly, and that's the soundtracks. These are two such nineties sounding movies with just like some of the like cheesiest soundtracks especially for that time as well like they felt it the soundtracks are something like they've aged quite poorly but at the time it is like what you'd expect from a 90s team movie like they were all like like american pie is a big example of like that sort of soundtrack as well uh can can hardly wait it's the same um but the soundtracks of these movies are both very 90s um it's not songs you'd hear very often anymore but they were very. I I enjoyed both soundtracks, so that's why we're going to talk about those next. So, how did you rate this one? Um, I think the only real song um, in oh, there's the there's the prom song, which was what did they dance to? The Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy Slim, yeah. Which is, um, I mean, which is great because obviously the dance mix to it is just surreal. But hilarious at the same time. But I think the main song is obviously is it Sixpence on the Richer with Yeah, Kiss Me. Kiss Me. I think that's obviously a very, very iconic scene. Um, and that music pairs up perfectly with that scene. Um, the way it builds up as well, like it's got a bit of an extended opening to it and it builds up, it's it's really, really good. But you fuck you if you think I'm going against 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack. Absolutely not. You've got Letters to Clear with both I Want You to Want Me. And cruel to be kind. What the fuck? You've got stupid boy um, when he's chucking the um, flyers down, which is a fantastic shot. Can I just add? Like, me and Grace both noticed it when we was watching. Like the flyers coming down, and everybody trying to grab him to that music. Brilliant. Like I say, you got bad reputation. You got one week. Um, obviously, um, the song that he sings over the tannoy. Um, what does he sing? What's the song? What's the song called? I know the song. What's it called? Um, it's the it's not called I Love You Baby yeah that's the chorus is it too good to be true something like that but either way I love you we'll call it I Love You Baby for now but like just another iconic moment I just think the soundtrack is just consistently good in that film yeah it's I think both for me, because you just you missed out um Give It to Me Baby from the shoes of that one, which is a song Brock Hudson dances to. So you want to yeah. fucking pay some respect to that Bob. Okay. Which is that. fantastic. Um I also really like the opening song to that, um, which I'd never heard before. The one that plays at the montage when Laney's doing like the the art stuff. I think that's quite a good one. Um I'd never heard it before though. I think it's called Prophecy, which I'd I'd never like I said, I'd never heard. But I thought that was quite an, um, quite an upbeat, catchy song. But yeah, I went in favour of 10 Things I Hate About You as well because that fucking soundtrack, it's just bop after bop. Like like you said, those songs at the beginning are just, it was immediately like, oh shit, I know these. And then as you said, it was it went through, those covers, especially the I Want You To Want Me one, I love that song anyway. So like hearing that was fantastic. Um, the stuff at the gig when they went to that and when the, the prom and... He announces to and he tells Kat that he he paid he asked for a favor or something. He made a request and they play that song for her. Like, but it's all really catchy. The music. Um, I like. And I think. I mean, it's got like 
upbeat they talk about upbeat poppy music that just covers all shit and it's got um like a really poppy ska band singing the lulu shout which i love i love that song shout anyway so like like i think you can for me i can tell a good soundtrack is if i finish watching the film and then i immediately go on ebay or amazon or discogs or whatever and just look how much the vinyl is (laughs) how much did you check that I did. It's not that expensive, so potential. Oh, potential. Uh, the the song that Heath Ledger sings actually called "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You." That's it. But that's that's an also an, an iconic song. Um, I love that. I love the the original, and I love that scene. Um, it's a great song to use, and he's a good singer. So, fair play to him. Great respect to Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, fucking rest in peace. That's sad. Again, um, the 10 Things I Hate About You is obviously got Heath Ledger in it and she's all that's got Paul Walker in it. Yeah, that is very sad. Two greats taken too young. Heath Ledger as well, coming off like the Joker and then... I like <laughs> two greats and immediately jump to Heath Ledger rather than uh, starting to defend Paul Walker. No, I mean... The Fast and Furious franchise has gone off the rails since he died. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Well, we said this because we did the first one um, against Point Break, and I said it then that I think watching it now, you realise he had to like he grounds the movies in a way that the the last few have sorely missed. Like I think he was so important to that franchise, and you you've noticed his absence since he's been gone. Um, so yeah, I I think he's a bit of guy, and I think he's great in cheese all that. Like what a fucking performance as Dean Sampson Jr. But it's just wild to think that Heath Ledger did. The Joker, one of the most iconic performances ever, and then and that was how he went out. Like, it's, I wish we could have seen like what the next 10, 15 years would have looked like for him. Like, yeah. I can only imagine the shit he'd have been doing. It would have been fucking awesome. Um, we've got one category left now, then, because I think we both went 10 9 in favor of 10 things I hate about you there. Mm-hmm. And that is the legacy of these movies, how they've held up, how they looked at now, how they even looked at at the time. Um, this is a difficult one because I think the content in She's All That has held up better. I think, like I said to you, the stuff for the teachers in um, 10 Things to Hate About You is really fucking questionable and none of that's aged well. Like, flashing your teacher has not, like, that just wouldn't happen. Yeah, what happened like, then? Either he'd get suspended, even though he had nothing to do with it, or she'd be un- undoubtedly suspended. Yeah, um, in the, on TikTok and in the papers, and it'd be the whole big thing. Yeah, even the English teacher, Mr. Long, the way he talks to those kids, that wouldn't be allowed anymore. Um, the way that Alison Janis character, is it supposed to be the head teacher? The counselor. Counselor. The way she interacts with them, especially, like I said, Patrick and the size of his pecker is really questionable. Like, it's all very that stuff hasn't aged well at all but I think for the most part 10 Things to Hate About You is a film that's rem- remembered much more fondly than She's All That and I think it's down to those iconic moments with Patrick singing Can't Take My Eyes Off You or Cat uh, reading the poem like, there are just those moments which have become iconic and I don't think She's All That has any of those necessarily um, and I just don't think it's surprising because it made more money when they released the tenure and it made more money. Like I think she's all that made just over a hundred million dollars. Whereas uh, 10 things I hear about you made about 65, 70. Um, 
so it's interesting at the time one was bigger than the other, but I think as the years have gone by, 10 things are hit by you, especially to the newer generation, like the ones that weren't old enough to remember it coming out, but the, the, the younger people that I've taken to the film now, it's been received so much better. So because of that, I went 10-9 in favour of 10 things I hate about you. As much as I actually think I prefer She's All That, I just think it's undeniable that the next generation have just responded so much stronger to 10 things I hate about you and it's remembered so much more. And I don't think She's All That is even really something that the, this generation is that familiar with, which is a shame because I think it's great. But Obviously, I can speak for the newest generation because I'm quite young. You were the generation that was there when it came out. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, I've only watched one of them before, uh, but I... I was about to say, you only watched one of them. You did a good fucking job talking about them both for the last couple of hours then. Yeah, I only watched one of them. Didn't watch, didn't, didn't watch the other one before the episode. Um, I think you're right. I think I had 10 out of 10 things uh, because I think it just holds up Although there is questionable things with the teachers, it's easier to it's easier to say they're just questionable teachers, and you can kind of buy into it. I think it holds up to a modern standard a lot more than um, she's all that does. And I also think all the weird stuff in Ten Things makes it kind of evergreen. So you've got like the click stuff, which you again kind of see in stuff like Mean Girls and and other films like that, and. Like more modern film, I say modern films. That's still like fucking however years old. I think uh, the only thing you couldn't do now with the clicks is the white rasters. That stuff probably not age well. No, I think you probably could. I genuinely think you probably could because th- there are still people like that. Um, obviously, it'd be a bit more modernized, but I think it's more of a commentary on, on how people appropriate certain cultures, and that's how those clicks are built. And I just think holds up a lot better i think when you watch that scene with him singing i think i think everybody knows that in some way or another like i can't hear that song without thinking about the film and i haven't been able to pretty much my entire life um i think the only kind of iconic see it's difficult because 10 things i think ages a lot better and it carries a lot more longevity in it but she's all that is probably inspired a lot more obviously with not another team movie in the famous like walking down like with the famous walking down the steps scene i think that scene alone has its own legacy compared to the rest of the film i think there's stuff in that she's all that that doesn't age as much as 10 things does so I, it's it's very hard and it's very very like a percentage between them um in terms of legacy because they both do have strong things about it. i just think 10 things like we've got like in the cinema that I work out, it's re-released as like an anniversary, uh, 10 things, but she's all that's nowhere. And I said at the beginning of the episode, or was it just before we started recording? I can't remember. Um, like She's all that looks like it came out in like 1992 and 10 things I hate about you looks like it was like a 2010 movie. Like she's all that just looks so old compared to 10 things about it, 10 things I hate about you. Um, it's just so, I don't know, like dark and grainy and, like proper film where 10 things obviously been remastered a few times. So there's probably more of a demand for it now than there was at the time. And I bet I would bet the money that she's all that made was due to Freddie Prince Jr. Cause he was on the, that was when his career was like on the up and up after 
everything with uh, I still know I know what he did last summer and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I went ten thing. I, I I don't really know much about either film to confidently talk about that legacy. I just know that more young, obviously, work with quite a few young people. More people know ten things than she's all that, and I just think it's got a stronger life. Plus, when you make a, a subpar sequel that um, brings back characters and doesn't make them the characters they were, I think that just doesn't show a lot of respect for the original film either. And it's just quick cash in. So, yeah, that well, we won't even talk about that. Shy. I think it's supposed to be a remake, not even a sequel. It's just supposed to be a gender switched remake, which they should have just not bothered. But um, interesting what you said about like the way the uh, shoes of that feels older. Um, and 10 Things I Hit About You feels like a more modern movie. I think a lot of that as well is down to the cast. Like, if you look at She's All That, it's a lot of actors that became synonymous with the 90s, like Freddie Prince Jr. And even, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar showing up. Rachel Lee Cook, who didn't really do much past... Um... I forgot to mention it during... Sorry to just jump in on you again. Sorry. Mention it in the female lead. I looked at her IMDb to see what she'd been in uh, after she's like, because I don't recognize her in anything else. And can you remember when, like, there was the thing I tagged you in ages ago, and it was Hallmark Christmas movies where it was two people stood back to back or two people with a red like bell or something like that, and it's always the same poster. She's in fucking like loads and loads of Hallmark movies. So you probably, I'm surprised you've never seen her again because she's in like so many of those back-to-back really cheesy posters. Honestly, go and look on her IMDb. You yeah, will, well, I'll be rediscovering her this Christmas then. You will have the time of your life. Yeah, I'll be rediscovering her this Christmas. Similarly, Freddie Prince Jr. had a Christmas Netflix film come out last year, so that was nice to see him again after all these years. Um, but yeah, whereas I think... 10 Things I Hate About You, it's like people like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Heath Ledger and David Crumholtz who have had these careers well into the 2000s that we all remember. Yeah, that's a fair point, to be fair. But the nine, the shoes of that cast feels very 90s, apart from Paul Walker. The rest of it feels very, very 90s. Because even Matthew Lillard had his biggest roles then. Apart from Shaggy, like it, the majority of the stuff he was doing was like those late 90s, like Scream. Like that's his most iconic role to me. Yeah, agree. Well, him, that and Shaggy. Do you want to hear some of the films she's been in? Because these all sound like kind of films that you'd watch. A Tourist Guide to Love. Oh, where's the other one I've just seen? Tis the Season to Be Merry. Uh, Blonde Ambition. Cross Country Christmas. A Blue Ridge Mountain Christmas. Frozen Love. Autumn Vineyard. <laughs> Sounds fucking fantastic. Not only, she's, not only has she been in Autumn Love, she's been in Summer Love. Oh, we've got sequels. Not a sequel. Rescuing Christmas. Falling up the family tree, <laughs> but she was in Autumn Vineyard. She was also in Valentine's Vineyard. Again, different man, so not a sequel. Jesus Christ! Summer Vineyard as well. Fuck me, it's a franchise. It's. I don't think she's. I don't, I don't think there's a Winter Vineyard. That'll be next up, surely. Christmas special. But my first wedding. See all. The exact kind of films that you, I would have expected you to have seen, but she's also in Josie and the Pussycats and the Batman Beyond movie and Nancy Drew. She's also in a few episodes of Dawson's Creek, which I was a big fan of. So that's where I the only other thing I think I've seen her in. Oh, it doesn't say that on them. Um, it's a TV show, isn't it? Get caught? No, she didn't get caught. Apparently. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, it just wasn't the career we'd hoped. 
for yeah. her. Um, but yeah, that brings it to an end. Then we've got the scores here. Oh, if, yeah. you had, if you had to guess, how well, do you think it's gone? You already said well, so she's all that's your personal because I said we want to start talk every week, talk about our personal preference of which is your favorite out of the two. Would you say she's all that's probably your favorite out of the two? Yeah, I think it's probably largely down to the familiarity I have with it. Like I said, as a teenager, I really loved that film and I watched it so many times, like when I was like 16. Um, it's not something I like, I haven't revisited it too often in the last like decade, but. As a teenager, I liked it a lot. Whereas 10 Things I Hate About You, I feel like I'd seen once and I didn't really remember too much. And I think it's a really good film, but I don't know if it's the nostalgia for She's or that. Or just like some of the choices in 10 Things I Hate About You, which I didn't really agree with too much, where I think it just, I, I, I still hold that soft spot for my guy, Freddie Prince Jr. and Brock Hudson. Fair, fair. See, I'm probably the same in that. With ten things I hate about you is the familiarity of it. I just think all the cast work perfectly together in that film, and they do in She's All That too. But again, I think it's just more the familiarity. Oh, I can't say that word. The familiarity. Yeah, the closeness to that film. I have the fondness of that film. But like I said, like She's All That, genuinely, really, really enjoyed it, and happy to watch it again, hundred percent. Yeah, the book. Michelle Galassi. Yeah, that it's still so random that she shows it like that. Um, they're both great, but what did how did you think this actually was going to go? Like, if you, if you had to guess now, what do you think this score is? I always assume that the film that you've put forward is going to win because you always go one sided with your score. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think it's probably going to be close to a tie, if not a tie again. Fuck it. We had a tie last week, didn't we? We did. We've got another tie. No, we don't. We don't okay. have a tie. It's close, but we don't have a tie. A conclusion to our ending. Yeah, it's close, but no tie. So the, we've got a score of 192 to 190. So there's only two points in it, which is probably just like one round where we both went in favour of one, not the other. That spun it over. Um, so the winner by two points is 10 Things I Hate About You. Nice. I think it's I think it's a fair, it's a fair winner, to be honest, because like I said, I prefer She's All That, but there's no denying that 10 Things I Hate About You has held up much better in a lot of people's eyes. And like I said, people like Heath Ledger's performances really elevate it. I think he's insane. Uh, the soundtrack's better. Um, there's more iconic moments. So it does feel it does feel like the right result. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that film. Um, one of the few kind of rom-coms that I do really, really like. Um, but Really, like I say, really surprised by she's all that. I thought I was gonna like it, really, really ended up enjoying it. Um, but yeah, fuck you, 10 things that was my choice. See, I didn't think you'd like she's all that. I thought, no, I, thought I really, really enjoyed it. I really, I think one thing we didn't really talk about is the bit with the hacky tag when he's on stage. I really enjoyed that bit. Um, we didn't talk about that bit as much, but I think when that happened, I kind of knew that, yeah, I think something it's got a little bit something special to it. One thing we never mentioned, which I want to say now, is the quote, screw the dolphins. And a guy tried that last year and he got banned for life at SeaWorld and he got banned for life. Fucking killed me this time. I'd never even paid attention to that before. And this time it fucking killed me when Jesse said that and she's all that. Like, I thought that was really fucking funny. Like, I loved that a lot. Um, and I never mentioned it in anything that we mentioned earlier. So I just feel like I had to get it in now. That was good. But yeah, that brings another showdown to an end then. with That's three done in our rom-com. We've got two weeks left. Um, nice. So hopefully 
you guys enjoyed that one. I can't I remember what we're going to do next week. I can't remember what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. Is it? Is that? Is that the big one? No, the big one's the ending one. Well, is next week a certain actress that's in both? Oh yes. I think you recommended one where it's, we've got a very iconic actress who stars in two. Yes. Not in this film though. No. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. <laughs> that was pretty terrible. Hey. Um, but yeah, we've got so we've got that lineup next week starring a very certain woman, uh two very iconic rom coms. Very certain woman. Oh yeah, I didn't even mean to do that bit. Uh a very very attractive lady. Um is that hell you're willing to die on. <laughs> who is um God, I'm being distracted now. They, they, they were good, actually. I think we did all right with them. I think we did all right with that one. Let's yeah. just congratulate ourselves. <laughs> Give a pat on the back for that. Um, but yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't watched either of these two movies, you definitely should because they were fucking awesome. Uh, pure 90s classics. Um, if you do like what you watched, then please feel free to subscribe to the channel and like the video. If you are listening on one of the podcast services, then subscribe to the channel on there and leave us a nice review. Which, speaking of which, I had a look at um, earlier, not earlier, earlier this week when I was uploading the last one, and it shows where the people are listening to the show from. Would you guess the top two places that have listened to this podcast the most in the world? Oh, in the world? Yeah, it shows like certain cities and towns which have played our podcast the most. I would guess where we live no nope. really not number one no mansfield's not even fourth not right. top four i will keep my identity a secret huh? all this shit i don't want people doxing me and getting going and what do you think i say mansfield they're going to clock your house you never know i don't even know if you live in mansfield because i don't i no, me i don't live in mansfield either you don't live at uh I, know, I was going to fake an address then, but I can't. Even, I don't even know what I'd say. Um, yeah, number one. Number one is Leicester. Leicester. I don't know a single person in Leicester, but that's the that's the place that's listened to us the most. Leicester. Do I know anybody in Leicester? I know one person lives in Leicester, but I doubt he's listening to the podcast over and over again. Yeah, it's and number. Leicester's number, a very island supporter. Number two is a place that I've never heard of. Is it never heard of it. It's a place in America. Gold. That's like Boardman. It's got a population, because I Googled it after I found out, it's got a population of like 4,000 people. So, so I think one person there must just really like it. Right. So if you're from Leicester or Boardman... It might not even be... I, I said Boardman. Um, that might not actually be the name of it. I can't remember. It's like it is something like that. It's like Boardman or Boardwalk or something. It's got like a population of like three thousand nine hundred people or something crazy like that. Um, well, I'm just going to double check now because I'm interested. Well, if you're one of those two people, let us know so we can thank you on here. <laughs> yeah, Boardman. Boardman. Boardman, USA. And then, do you know what? Obviously, I kind of look over the social media pages. Which sometimes I'm on time with post, sometimes I'm not. Let's not let's not dwell on that. But it's fine because sometimes you don't put the episodes out on the day they're supposed to, and sometimes no, you... no, but sometimes you know, just... um but just like recently, I don't know what's happened, but just recently our Facebook page has been getting like 
two or three new members a day, like two or three new followers a day. It's been weird because I was I was messi- tempted to message you be like, "Have you paid for a promoted post?" Because we're not about that. No, not- but do you know uh, another country that's listening to that? This is a really random place, right? That I noticed. Brussels in Belgium. Straight up. What? Yeah. It's weird. I don't know anybody in Brussels. I mean, I don't know anyone in Belgium in general. Never mind just Brussels. Well, yeah. Me neither. <laughs> so, yeah, just some of the random things I noticed earlier, uh, the other day when I was putting it on. Just that these random locations that are like some of the most listened to places in the world for. That's strange. Columbus, so we... Ohio is another one in America. Strange. Okay, yeah. so if you're not a bot and you're listening to us from these places, let us know. Right, yeah. For Instagram messages, because we don't get to look anywhere else. I'm tempted to just like see, go to the bottom of it and see like some of the most random places that I've listened like once. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, I'm doing it right now. Okay, sorry. I didn't, uh, okay, well, we'll sit in silence. I'll talk about something. There's quite a few places in Mexico. Well, West. You have Guadalupe, Neva, Hector. I'm, I don't want to pronounce some of these places because I'm going to do it really badly. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's also a place in India called Kolkata. The oh. Russian Federation, St. Petersburg's listening. What are you guys doing? And why are, why are our listens and views not as high as they should be? I know, it's really surprising. With this quality, with this quality content of us listing countries. <laughs> But this is all on like the actual podcast episodes. This isn't on YouTube. Um, uh, yeah, YouTube we don't get as much. To no. the point where I'm like, should we should we even be doing a video podcast anymore? <laughs> I know it's probably better off just to do audio at this point, but um I like seeing your face. Exactly. I mean Yeah, I don't know what I'm saying. But yeah, they're just some random places that I noticed that I've been listening uh since started, which is really random. Like some of them, like some of them when it's just once, it's like, yeah, they probably stumbled across it and thought, fuck that. Yeah. Never came back. But then, like, when somewhere like Boardman is one of the most listened to places, it's very strange. But, but enough on that. By most listened to, they've listened to three episodes. Yeah. Or 10 minutes of one. How far is where we live down the list? Um, so, Mansfield, which isn't where any of us live, obviously. Not, we don't live in Mansfield. Mansfield, Ohio, maybe. Is fifth because we're quite good. Fifth, yeah. First of all, if you're if you're our friends and you can't hear this, it means you're terrible friends. <laughs> you should be listening. Where's all the fucking supporters, man? Manchester's next, then Nottingham, then Birmingham, then Wrexham. Wrexham's up there. Might be Ryan Reynolds himself listening in. Yeah, maybe. If you are Ryan, fucking buy Blackburn instead. We're struggling. <laughs> you know the we can get. <laughs> But anyway, enough about locations. We hope you enjoyed that, guys. And like I said, we'll be back next week with another excellent episode. As Nathan says, if you are interested in finding us, some, well, not as he says, as he signs. If you are interested in finding us anywhere else, our details are below where we tweet slash post. I don't know what we can say. And we're also on Letterboxd sharing lots of movies. I've picked it up. I think I'm now averaging more than one for the year. One a day for the year. Oh, yeah. I have dropped it a little bit. I'm on four. Well, this is this is my problem. I've been wrestling with this, and it's these are the problems I'm living with right now in my life. I don't log an, a rewatch ever. 
but obviously 10 things I've rewatched. When we did Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle, it was a rewatch. So that's technically three, three films I've not logged or numbered. So I've done 40 new logs on Letterboxd this year. So that average is just under one a day. But now I'm tempted to I start doing uh, logging my rewatches because that's going to really help. Me. I do. I know you do, but... Then I can see how many times I've watched a certain film at the end of the year. Yeah, but I don't want to be like, how many times I've watched Bill? How many times I've watched Friday the 13th? Fucking whatever shit Dan's watching. Or He doesn't rewatch. He just watches the I most obscure shit you've ever heard. He was telling me that he sometimes watches stuff on his phone while he's got stuff on the TV, and that's why his numbers are so high. I'm like, <laughs> He's multitasking. God. But um sounds like real first world problems, if that's the problems you're having, whether you should add rewatches onto your letterbox. It's a struggle. Zach Siler. Just like Zach Siler, I'm struggling with <laughs> But anyway, um yeah. thanks so for <laughs> you are. I really need to peace, so let's end this episode. Yeah. I've, I've needed to since the um, supporting cast category. Can we all Yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Shout out to Boardman USA. You're the yeah. fucking real one. And Lester, we love you. Um, we If we ever go on a tour, we'll come there first. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next week with another great episode. Peace out. See you later.